feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck. Alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, who wears short shorts? King Richard wears short shorts. Everyone wearing short shorts in this movie. You, you love to see it. I am... Um, I'm a big fan of the short shorts now. Um, I, I mean, I got like a nice pair of Lululemon shorts that aren't like as short as some of the shorts in this. Uh, but King Richard definitely, um, God bless him, um, has the shortest pair of shorts in this movie throughout I the I feel like they thing. get increasingly shorter. Yeah, yeah. John like, Bernthal except, also rocking the short shorts. Except when things get serious, then Richard Williams puts on jeans. That's when you know things are, are, are getting sort of uh, more dramatic you know mm-hmm. if he's wearing the shorts he's still in control if there's a moment of tension or something that's pivotal to the family dynamic he's wearing jeans yes uh today we are reviewing ronaldo marcus green's king richard um the story of the williams sisters and their father uh eric how are you doing today I'm good. I'm good. It's it's interesting talking about this one because we're at that point in the year where it's awards season. And so far, there's been a lot of conversation around Will Smith's performance, specifically in this being the movie that could get him the best actor Oscar. Um, and, you know, with that in mind, you know, you, you look I, at how. Sure, I guess. The, yeah. You, well, you look at how the sports biopic usually plays into kind of the feel good nature of the crowd pleaser, you know, bringing people together to enjoy something where we watch the classic underdog story, which this very much is in line with Uh, Zach Balin's script kind of follows that formula to a T Uh, you mentioned Ronaldo Marcus green, um, who is kind of a heralded Sundance indie filmmaker uh, having directed monsters and men um, a few years ago that neon released. um, And then also this year, a film that nobody's actually talked about in reference to King Richard, which is another biopic which is actually much worse is joe bell, joe bell with which mark, just came out a few months ago right mark Wahlberg. yeah so it came out in the early spring or no, late spring early summer in the u.s and then here it came out like closer to the fall um, and we saw it at tiff a year and a half ago right yes and then apparently there was a re-edit to that film which it was terrible oh. it was terrible um, so the re-edit is terrible or the, i mean the, no, version the, 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 the version we saw is terrible and it also kind of is sad because um larry mcmurtry who is one of the co-writers on it with diana osana um recently passed away so this is that was one of his last screenplays uh in terms of produced credits so sure, yeah um yeah that, it, joe bell is a terrible movie King Richard is a perfectly middle of the road film. You know, we, we've talked a lot about those kind of movies, I think as of late where you have films that are not bad. They're, they're kind of the uh, mainstay, you know, feel good movie in the same way that's like Sir Kenneth Branagh's Belfast is to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Um, this is a film that I think, I, I don't want to, I don't like doing this because it's one of those things where it's like, you have to review the movie that you have and not the film that it, you want it to be or could have been, or yeah. like giving critiques of like, okay, this would have worked better if it was like this. 
But I honestly feel that if this story was from the point of view of Venus and Serena Williams, it would have worked better than having it from Richard Williams's point of view, because there's things in this movie that kind of basically the story chronicles Richard Williams raising five daughters in Compton in the early 90s, two of which are Serena and, and Venus. Venus is the older of the two and sort of him being hard on his daughters and sort of aspiring them to become the best that they possibly can be, um, especially with his two, um, you know, future tennis stars that that he has. And he's kind of molding them based on this plan that he's created. But as you're watching this, you're starting to question the motivations of Richard Williams and you're never really given any answers that are insightful unless you've watched some of the documentaries about him and the Williams family, then that kind of fills in some of the gaps because there's not a lot that's really given to you in terms of like why he created this plan in the first place, other than this one voiceover that kind of gives a little bit of his backstory to growing up in times of hardship and racial prejudice and things like that. But then as the story goes, there's also this weird sort of superiority that comes into play. And then when you have one scene where his wife uh, played uh, Brandy uh, played by Anjanu Ellis kind of calls him out on his bullshit when they've gone from Compton to Florida um, she mentions that Richard had a son, an older son that kind of showed up randomly one day. And the way that he treats other people, especially with children that are being kind of like forced into training for tennis and things like that is almost hypocritical, especially when it comes to the point of view of like, oh, well, you have this son that we've never even discussed or heard about until just now. And then the movie drops that bit of information and right. then never goes back to it in any way whatsoever. And then it's also because ultimately strange. it's about Venus and Serena. That's well, it's what, a fluff like, piece. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Like it's not like it wants to be this kind of gritty, down to earth character study in some ways. And I think that's what Green is aspiring to. And then in others, it is kind of like this cookie cutter sports, sports. movie yeah. that yeah, never yeah. dives any deeper than kind of like the surface level <laughs> highlights. Yeah, no, I'm a thousand percent with you. I don't think it's a bad movie by any means, but I think it kind of is that, you know, paint by numbers, you know, connect the dots, uh, inspirational kind of sports movie. And I, I mean, that's the, and the discourse right now is exactly what you're talking about of like, you know, should this have been from the perspective of, you know, the Williams sisters and, and not their father. And I mean, there's a video and an interview where they were asked that exact question and, and, you know, they are, I think, are they producers or they just were involved in the, uh, I think they're executive they're just, producers yeah. at the very least. And they, yeah. they are involved. And I think that's also part of the problem where it's like, you, you know, it's, it's, it's this double-edged sword of being like, okay, will, will we want the blessing of the family, but yeah, also we want... they have to come on and be kind of like controlling of yeah. the image. That so it have. is ultimately going to be a fluff piece, right? Yes. Like when, when that is kind of, uh, if the person involved is involved, in the movie or the, the subject matter is involved in the movie that's what you're kind of uh, gonna get and i mean they've come out and said like they know they wanted it to focus on their dad and you know there's a lot of people being like well why are we focusing on their father when they're the ones with you know that you know 
they did it themselves too. Like he was a big part of it, but they are, you know, ultimately what the movie is about. So anyways, I won't get into all that, but I, I mean, I originally even watching it and, and before I had that same thought of, I'm like, I would prefer this just to be from their perspective and like their dad be a character in it. Don't get me wrong. He was a, uh, an important part of their life. Um, but I, I do think it's like, well, why am I this story about this guy when it's really about them? Right? Like, Ultimately, the movie is about them. And, and it's um, just, it's frustrating because, again, I don't mind it being about Richard Williams. I think he is an interesting character, yes, but absolutely. I wanted to dive deep into who he is as a person. I felt like, again, you're only getting so much of it it's keeping you at arm's length because if 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 it really wanted to be a true character study i'm not saying a classic cradle to the grave biopic i'm i'm talking about like getting into the minutia and headspace of like okay talk more about his his son and maybe more to have it be about maybe, him but yeah, that's the thing it's it's why not he felt about like him maybe he a... maybe he failed as a father before and that's why he's become super strict and hard on his on his but kids I, and how he treats other people around him and i think that's exactly it eric that that's like that's not what the movie is even though it's titled king richard it's about venus and serena <laughs> like yeah. the movie is about them and how he made them or he created this plan for them to be tennis stars so ultimately the movie is about them it's just through the lens of their father um which is fine but i think to your point that you could have taken a more interesting approach and really made it about him and have the venus and serena thing be you know a part of it instead of being the part of it um so yeah i think that's the movie's biggest issue and when it comes to will smith like I personally think his performance is sort of cartoony. Um, but the I, whole movie is in terms of uh, other than I, I would say other than the the Williams like the sisters themselves. I think that their performances great. are, yeah, are not fantastic. cartoonish. But and maybe Tony Goldwyn, I think, as Paul Cohen is not really hamming it up. But like you even look at, you know, someone like John Bernthal, who yeah. becomes their second tennis coach. He, it's a fun performance, but like I mentioned to you before recording, it feels like it is one step away from being an Adam Sandler caricature on, you know, a 90s episode of SNL. Yeah. Someone putting on a fake mustache and high-waisted short shorts and kind of going, oh my, oh, like, yeah. like kind of thing. Like, I like Bernthal Shabadidoo. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I like Bernthal in the movie too, but I... I completely agree with you that, um, yeah, it, it, it is on that borderline. And, um, and when it comes to Will Smith, yeah, I like, I guess he's, again, it, I, it, he's doing too much of a character for me to ever lose myself in it. And like, to me, I always see Will Smith performing. I don't see, you know, uh, Richard Williams. And like, I, I, I just, I never, I, I always just the, the voice he's putting on and his mannerisms and like, it is very much a performance and that I could never kind of step back and go, wow, I, I lost myself in that role. Like he was so great that I saw Richard Williams, not Will Smith. And like, um, I, I just never got that. And I, he's so not bad, but I totally no, get what you're saying like, too. Yeah. He's not bad. Like there was never once where I'm like laughing or going like, Oh my God, this is like, this is egregious. This is awful. Like this is like cartoony can be fine in, in an inspirational sports movie. Right. But I don't think it's anything more than that. Um, and especially when it is somewhat true to who the person was, because when, you know, we get the obligatory end credits sort of documentary reel of who Richard Williams was. And there is that kind of outlandish larger than life personality megalomaniac kind yeah. of quality to him. So it's like Will Smith, what he was going for 
wasn't like completely um you know playing it up for awards consideration even though that's it is. who the man kind of was as well yeah. but the way that you described that performance is also the way i felt about kirsten stewart in in spencer sure where, like yeah. it's a it's a great movie star performance it's a great it's a big performance but it's not necessarily a performance that the actor disappears into the character that they're playing mm-hmm. it's a good performance but it's not a performance that it's like oh I, I i completely lost sight of the actor and saw the person that they were playing instead and for me why the spencer thing doesn't bother me as much because i definitely understand where you're coming from is well, that that's it's more framed, heightened yeah it's framed as this heightened fable right where this is trying to be you know a retelling of mind you it takes some you know cinematic liberties and i think the storytelling at times is like maybe it happened but because you're getting it from this guy who was this larger than life personality and him probably you know is the one who told these stories like there's a moment where you know he was uh beaten up by some gangsters in 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 compton and he tracks one of them down and brings his you know it's got that really kind of uh, filmmaking where not Chekhov's gun necessarily, but like, you know, when they have to focus on him putting his gun in his security uniform and then later. And that's a couple scenes like, earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And then like, so three scenes later when he's tracking down the gangster at the, the convenience store and you see him with the gun and like waiting, being like, oh, he's going to track him down because he needs, he's going to do something bad because he needs to protect his daughters or whatever. And then like, this isn't a spoiler, but like at that moment, that guy it's sort of it's not really a spoiler it's a true story um something happens in that moment that is so convenient for storytelling purposes that i was like oh this is the kind of this is the kind of movie we're getting right now uh and it's also very heavy-handed like that's what i mean yeah telling you you mentioned the Chekhov's gun thing but also kind of like even when the scene before that where you know he's having dinner with his family um at a fast food restaurant and you know, he go he leaves and he tells him to, you know, take the, his yeah. food home. Like it's, it's such a strange scene when, when you see him go to this tennis court and wait for these guys, because you think, Oh, like, is that, is that the scene where he's going to pull out the gun? There? Yeah, he's baiting them or something. Right. Yeah. And, but it yeah. almost doesn't feel like he is baiting them. It almost feels like he's just kind of like trying to get them to go after him instead of his daughter's. And yeah. then it ultimately is like, oh, no, he actually had this plan all along. Like he has the plan for his daughters and that he was going to follow them afterwards. But it's just a, it's such a weird way of doing that. But again, I guess, you know, the I character guess he wanted himself to... is eccentric enough that you can. Oh, is it because of... he needed to bait them so then he could follow, follow them later? Them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's just it's really heavy handed. And, and that's the one part where I, I rolled my eyes and I was like, oh, man, is this the kind of movie we're going to get? And then it ends up you know, not necessarily uh, uh, being that, but it ends up just being completely fine. <laughs> and like, I, uh, you know what? I went home and I, um, I I looked at the runtime and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize it was two hours and 25 minutes, which I think is a, a compliment to the movie because there's a whole, again, going back to discourse on on film Twitter about runtimes right now too. But like, uh, I will say that, um you know, the movie kind of flies by and it's enjoyable. And like, if you're just looking for a kind of, you know, okay, sports inspirational feel good movie, like I think it, it succeeds in all of that. I just don't think it ever goes, you know, above and beyond that. Like, I think to your point, Eric, like Will Smith is, is giving a movie star performance, but to me, 
I could never lose myself in it. And then I am very interested in Venus and Serena and their like start and how they became as good as they are. And they became two of the best athletes of all time. And I think that's fantastic. And their story is also worth telling. And, um, but then by the end of it, when you see him recording on his video camera throughout the whole movie and they show a lot of those clips in the end credits, it's that same thing where I talking to you right after the movie, I'm like, I should have just, watched a really good documentary on him and there's many them. of them there's a few yeah. documentaries on the williams because you sisters, get that actual so. footage that he probably used or he shot as when they were kids and growing up and throughout their careers and um by the end of it i'm like i should have just watched that um and yeah that's kind of how i felt yeah and 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 to your point i think it, it works when it's playing within certain conventions where like you know, if, if the film, if, if a sports movie is working when you're rooting for the characters to succeed, but you already know the outcome, yeah, I would say that it is doing something right. And it, when you see Venus sort of playing junior competition matches, um, you're engaged by that. It, it, it does suck you in, in that way where you're, you're watching it in real time and you're seeing it partly from the perspective of, of Richard, but also from the rest of the family, but, in, and then also the, you know, interesting kind of perspective of, you know, here's this African-American family sort of infiltrating this very white sport yeah. and affluent sort of um, elitist group. You know, they go to these country clubs and, and I like that Richard is a guy that continually refuses to hear no and be, you know, takes the rejection, but only comes back, you know, even tenfold. And I think that that stuff is interesting. Um, I just think that again, green feels like he's making a movie that isn't within the sort of genre of film that is kind of made to play for the mass audience. Like, I feel like he's also kind of trying to make this kind of like, you know, grounded indie movie that's saying more than what you know a, a traditional sports film would and it's it's really not like even with hiring paul thomas anderson's former cinematographer robert elswit to to shoot the film like it, it has this kind of you know faux gritty sheen to it that like would be perfectly in line with like a lot of sundance movies but it's not necessarily an indie movie like it still doesn't feel like it has like a, a stripped down nature to it other than just the look of it and you know smith is playing sort of against type because he's not playing necessarily the most likable person in the world but he's still likable because you can see will smith and you're still weirdly rooting for him because ultimately you're rooting for venus and serena and you already know the outcome so you are a little bit more forgiving to some of his parenting techniques and how he kind of pushes them towards. Yeah. Because ultimately quote not, unquote, doesn't necessarily right. force them, but I think in any other, you know, circumstance, if you see a, a, a parent who says like, I have this plan for my child and you never necessarily had the child, you know, make their own decisions or, you know, there's two different types of parenting. Obviously I come, my family is like, no, nope, you do whatever you want. And like, that'll either work for you or not, but you are your own person. We support you no matter what kind of thing. Um, and then the very controlling side of it is like, I have this plan and you are going to be this. And I feel like, you know, yes, in hindsight, because we know exactly how their careers panned out, we're kind of okay with a lot of the things that he does. But I feel like, you know, it's not necessarily the best 
personally. Like, um, it's just he doesn't come across as the as the best throughout the whole thing. But I guess it's more forgivable because of you know how successful they were and and stuff. So yeah, it's your classic like tough love parent kind of thing. But also like it's it's also him sort of living vicariously through his daughters probably because he didn't have the opportunities that he sees them having and sort of wanting to pass down and also keeping them out of trouble but like the pressure he puts on them in some ways is like okay well ultimately yeah everybody turned out okay in terms of their career path and they touch on that in the movie but but at the same yeah and 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 again i think ingenue ellis like as brandy you know is the one that's kind of like okay sometimes you're going way too far when you're you know leaving our daughters at a convenience store for not being Mm -hmm. humble or you know watching cinderella over again like we we get that you're trying to teach a lesson or what have you but yeah you're going to the extreme and you're doing it to stroke your own ego and it's just it's like it's not you like, yes, you are their father and you know, they are of an age where they're, they need parents, but it's not just your life. It's their life. They have a life they have. They have to have some control over their own fate. Yeah. Uh, ultimately I think it is, um, it's okay. It's like worth a watch, but it like, it's weird in Canada. It's not available on HBO max. It's only in theaters here where I would strongly like, if it's available on HBO max, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with throwing it on. It is two and a half hours. It's an investment, but like, again, it's a, it's a big performance. It's an enjoyable kind of sports movie, but, um, I don't know if you need to necessarily rush out and go see it, or I don't think it's this huge awards contender or anything like that. I mean, it could be obviously like a lot of times I'm wrong and and don't necessarily agree with who wins or gets nominated for best actor, but I, I don't know. I, to me, it's too, it's but here's to your point which we always talk about eric is like sometimes the most is what gets noticed right and well especially when will you have smith, an actor who's so yeah. likable like will smith yeah. who's playing against type where it's kind of like so the last time will smith was nominated for an oscar was for the pursuit of happiness which was 15 years ago now and he's been he's been nominated twice in total for both pursuit of happiness and ali uh the michael mann movie about muhammad ali so um with this, if he gets nominated, which I think he will, and I think he's he is the front runner at this point um, for best actor, it's almost like a congratulations as a career highlight for being this yeah. great movie star, but also doing something that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone, and also working with a director who is up and coming and and taking him under your wing because Will Smith is also a producer on this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a three. I'm also gonna give it a three. It's good. <laughs> We're serving up threes uh, here. Um, thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we have a couple more reviews that we would love for you guys to check out. I mean, we have almost 300 of them that you guys could check out. Uh, but recently we reviewed uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So you guys can check out that spoiler free review. We have a review up for Tick, Tick, Boom um, that you guys can check out. Um, we will have reviews for Encanto, Resident Evil, House of Gucci, Resident Evil, House of Gucci. That's a movie. <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> um, and more. There's. It, it's going to be a very busy over the next, you know, uh, you know, month or so leading into the end of the year as Eric and I 
both play catch up and also uh, try to squeeze everything in before our voting deadline for Critics' Choice. So uh, we should probably see a lot of movies in the next couple weeks. So um, you'll probably get a ton of reviews. So uh, you can find that on YouTube on on Titled Movie Reviews or on Podcast Services. You're already in the right spot. Um, we also have conversations out for Disney Plus Day, Ghostbusters Afterlife spoiler cast, uh, our newest episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. We talk about our trip to LA. So check out all of those. Uh, if easiest way to find all of that, just head over to Letterboxd. Uh, our letterbox page is untitled underscore movies um, links to everything on there. So that's probably the easiest spot to find everything. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Here come the pair of short shorts.